listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure. Complex topics explained simply. From the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes. By way, the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways. Explained right now in Everyday Engineering. You check the weather forecast and you see a major snow event coming in the next 24 hours, but you're not alone in keeping tabs on what Mother Nature will do and how she'll impact your experience on the roads. City crews are planning well in advance on how to keep the roads clear and safe for driving. And to do that, crews have to apply salt, sand, or brine to fight the ice. But a conversation surrounds how much to use, how much it costs, and what's environmentally sound without endangering drivers. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, City of Madison Engineering Division Public Information Officer, and today I'm joined by Engineer Phil Gabler and Streets Division Assistant Superintendent Steve Schultz. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Hannah. Yes. So, Phil, you work with water utility in engineering, and Steve, you've been really instrumental in how the city is changing the way it uses salt. Can you both explain what you do and how you work together? So, I'm kind of on both ends of the salt use spectrum here. So, as the water quality uh, engineer for the city of Madison, I work to put together trainings to help educate both operators and management on how to pick the right salt application rate. We'll look at ways to improve that process. And then on the back end, I do our uh, water quality permit to the DNR. And they want to know how much salt we put out in the environment. Steve? And what I do is I am responsible for allocating the equipment that we purchase. I look 10 years in advance to see what the trends are and where we could possibly go with this. And then also I have a team that uh, we look at every snowstorm that we have coming, what the weather's going to be, and we put together a game plan and go forward. Do you work together? <laughs> and Some. how do you work together? <laughs> so I would say, like, you know, I, with the trainings, I'm oftentimes there, and then the streets uh, operators are there, and Steve or other management. And so we have conversations about, here's what we do. And I'll say, well, the literature says there's this suite of of options and you can go down this way and it costs more money or this way and it costs less and here's the trade-offs and benefits and all those other things and public safety is number one you know that's what we really look and strive to get done but we're also cognizant of the environment and that's where we're trying to get to so steve you worked your way through the city system and know from every level what it's like handling storms from operating to deciding how to use the salt so let's start with when you see the storm, you know, see it moving in. How do our operators look at storms? I feel like operators look at storms a little differently than the maybe average Joe or a resident. Uh, and how do you approach salt use when you see a storm is moving in? Well, first of all, we, we look at many forecasts to see exactly what we think we're going to get. And we also have to worry about the temperatures, humidity, rate per hour we're going to get and we also have to figure out what time of day it's going to be the worst possible time for us is five in the morning we can't get out there and cover our 900 lane miles of streets salting even at a light application quickly traffic is going to slow us down just as much as traffic is slowed down we try to do our best and we would like 
to have it perfectly fall at midnight, but that never happens. No. Very seldom. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so I feel like, yes, so you, when you say you, you watch with what you could be getting, um, what do you look at? I mean, how much snow, if it's going to switch over from rain to snow, snow to rain, what do you guys look for, and how does that really impact you know, how you approach and move forward and react to that? Well, the basic forecast is usually about one to three inches. I mean, that's where it really falls. We, over the course of a winter, how often are we over four inches? You know, six times maybe on average. Sure. All right, so what you have to do is you have to figure out exactly how long the storm is going to extend out. If it's going to be a 20-hour snowfall and we're only going to get two inches, how do, you, how do you maintain the streets and try to keep them safe without overusing the amount of salt? It's very difficult. A long-duration storm can be a big salt user, even at a light application. You know, everybody wants to go fast. I mean, they do. The traffic always wants to be very quick. And we compare the city of Madison with a highway. People call and say, I hate to say it, the Beltline. The Beltline, I'm going this fast, and I can only go this fast in the city of Madison. We're totally different. We have different speeds. Our operators can't get it out, get around very often, or excuse me, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So if they have 30 miles of street that they are responsible for, that takes quite a while to do. Yeah. So we look at everything possible that could go wrong, and we plan for it. I'll add also with the the main driver of how fast your salt is going to work in melting that ice or keeping the ice from forming is the pavement temperature, right? The air temperature can move around a lot during a storm. It can drop a lot. But if your pavement is relatively warm, that that salt is going to work a lot faster. And it's also going to, within the time that it's still on the road, because it gets plowed off or pushed off or moved around by cars, it'll melt a lot more ice. So that's a big thing, especially early in the season when the ground's still pretty warm. I think the first storm we had here, I don't know if you guys put down any salt at all. We didn't. We didn't have to put down any salt, and we didn't have to put any salt down for the two, first two storms, and we ended up with nine inches. We were very fortunate. The ground was still warm, and the air temp was warm enough. Sure. Uh, we just went through this exercise a few days ago where the ground temperature was warm, the air temperature was cold, and that's when we started to develop ice on the side streets, and that's why we get this problem. Usually it's early December where we get very icy, treacherous roads. Uh, and then it gets too cold where you really can't use salt. Uh, so can I mean, and a lot of people, I think, from an average driver perspective, they're not out here salting enough or they're not, you know, and all of these different things. So I guess then what do you do when it gets too darn cold? We use some, a, things don't, you, some things don't work. No, the only way we can try to combat that is we use a sand-salt mixture and we don't sand the whole salt route we just do our hills curves and intersections on our main thoroughfares to try to get through until temperatures come back up so we can salt it's very common over a course of a winter where we will get that type of weather that we're not going to be able to salt and it's, it's frustrating for the motorists the citizens it's really frustrating for us the same people that apply the material to the road they have to go home at night too yeah and and, and they're they're the ones that also they feel bad that they can't get it done Mm-hmm. So, doing the best that they can. They're doing the best they possibly can. Absolutely. And the whole thing about salting, it's the salting is supposed to break that bond and get that ice off. And ideally, you keep plowing it off so you don't have to use as much salt. So the quicker you can get around, and if it is loose and it's not bounded, binded to the road, then we get it off and get it to the side. And I think uh, 
you know, 15 degrees of pavement temperature is kind of that magic number where it starts to take so long for the salt to melt the ice that it's going to get kicked off to the side of the road before it does any work and prevents that bonding from occurring. And so then you're, you're in a situation where <clears throat> you are compelled to put down more and more salt because you know you're losing so much before it does any work. And at some point you have to decide that it's time to just go to the sand. Yes. Uh, before we get into our next question, I want to take a little pause and anybody who's listening to this to check out W-I-S-A-L-T-W-I-S-E, WisconsinSaltWise.com. Um, a lot of uh, education resources on how to minimize your salt use and uh, kind of what we go by here at the city. Just take a click around and I just wanted to make a plug for that. Uh, and then we'll also share it again at the end of this episode. Uh Steve, I called you before this podcast episode to kind of get a feel of, you know, first of all, what are you doing? How has your journey been? Um, the approach and kind of do some research, kind of get a get a gauge of, you know, what sort of things we wanted to talk about. And one of the things you mentioned on the phone was the white road or white dust after the storm. Our crews do not want to see the white residue from the salt. Um, after the storm so and you kind of use that to gauge if you guys or gals did it well so can you kind of share a little more on what that means uh, and how it impacts our drivers when we get freezing drizzle there is not a lot of moisture content in that precipitation it's very very difficult to put down a right amount of salt that will try to melt that to break that bond and then not have a white road the next day now, if you have a two-inch snowfall and it's really moisture-laden and you can lay our salt 300 pounds per million miles, our normal salting application, you won't get that You'll, because there's enough moisture there with the snow that it will work with the salt, it'll create the brine, and it'll melt off. Freezing drizzle and low moisture contents in the snow is extremely hard not to get a white road, and that's what we try not to do. Now. I'll take that a step farther. We do anti-icing, where you see the little white lines going down the street. And now, what is that? Well, that is an anti-icing we put down at 40 gallons per lane mile. Gallons of what? Gallons of salt brine. Okay. And there is a 23.3% solution in that salt brine. When you break that down, that's roughly 85 pounds of salt, somewhere really close to that number per lane mile they were putting down. What that does is that helps so when it starts to snow, the ice doesn't bind to the street. We already have that pre-treated. Hmm. Now, we have upped our game in the city with the ability to anti-ice 235 miles now with one application of eight trucks. That's something new that we just went through. Uh, we started this program back 10 years ago and we're rapidly trying to increase it as we go but it takes time it takes money and it takes thought how we're going to do it so currently we try to get dollar main thoroughfares done before it snows sure i like, I like to think of anti-icing as the butter that you put on your frying pan before you crack the egg into it if you put your egg down first and then you put the butter on top of it it's going to stick mm -hmm. but this gives you that layer in between so it doesn't bind and then when your plow comes through your spatula it comes right off I think that's a great, great way to think about it. And I think all of these different terms, 
I guess, you know, as we we're kind of we have a few more minutes, but I, I really want to unpack, you know, what does it mean to anti-ice, de-ice, brine, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with what exactly that means. Uh, I went through the SALT certification class and I didn't necessarily clearly understand prior to the class, you know, what anti-icing, de-icing, I just thought you shovel or you put down salt, but boy, can you learn a lot about salt certification and salt use, wisaltwise.com. But can you just unpack that, you know, the difference between some of those terms? So as Steve said, anti-icing is when you go out before the storm and we put down the brine and you have space in between those, you want to have lines um, on your road just in case you... You know, it gives you an option in case you get a weird storm that was going to cause some refreeze on those those lines. And that's that butter on the pan before you fry your egg. Mm-hmm. The other side is the de-icing, and that's what we are doing during storms and when the storm's done, where you're putting down, in the city of Madison, usually a granular material with some uh, brine on it to pre-wet it. Uh, and that is melting off the ice in the snow before it gets bound onto the street. And... I said this word brine, and as Steve mentioned, that's 23.3% salt inside of water. Um, and they have a really cool, fancy brine maker uh, <laughs> hidden in a building over at Emo Street. I think I took a photo of it. I can share it on Facebook. You should. <laughs> it's kind of you know, cool. It's cool to see it all together. I would say it's kind of typical public works, right? We have yeah. all this really fancy stainless steel equipment, and then we put it in a beige building, and it's a yellow hose coming out of the yeah. wall. <laughs> But it serves a great purpose. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Okay, so that that's really good. But I and that's a really nice breakdown of unpacking some of those sort of uh, terms. Uh, brining can be tricky, I guess. As we're kind of wrapping up here, what are some benefits and some drawbacks to brining? Because if from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, and I'm I can go on this episode and stand corrected, but from what I understand is if you're not brining properly, it could turn like turn into an ice rink, um, and it's very very slippery if you brine improperly on highways or streets. So can you kind of unpack that and why is it so tricky? Is that and am I correct? Well, what we don't want to do is obviously we don't want to spray a 23% solution at cold temperatures because the salt obviously isn't going to work just like it doesn't work when it's in a granular form. So it could be an, it could be like an ice rink. It could be an okay. ice rink. I understood that correctly. So I guess what is it, you know, how are we, you know, using it properly and what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of brine? So I think one other thing to kind of unpack here is that when you're doing the anti-icing, it has time that that brine is going to dry. And so it deposits it really as thin, it's way more thin than you could ever spread with granular material. It leaves that little, that, that butter on the pan. The time when you have to be really careful is if you're doing the direct liquid application where it's an active storm, you're putting brine down, trying to burn off the snow and the ice with a brine because you have dilution to ish, deal with and you just have to get it right. Otherwise, you're, you kind of have that Zamboni effect that you were alluding to where it gets really slippery. Sure. So that's kind of the more advanced use of brine, mm-hmm. where people shouldn't be worried about the lines that they see becoming slippery. That's a very tried and true methodology. And you can have great success with direct liquid application. You just have to really know what you're doing. Okay. You know, a step farther on that, even when we're applying granular, we really are watching temperatures as they drop because normally when the storm goes through, the temperatures drop on the backside of it. And it takes us time to get through a storm to salt if we have to, 
and we'll have time to work before the temperature in the bottom falls out and we can't get it off. And now we do have an ice rink. Sure. But we're doing our best and we want to make sure everybody is safe and we also want to be conscious of the environment. Uh, any misconceptions about our salt use approach questions from the public that you get that you just kind of want to clear up and let people know um, some of the questions that you get and I'll kind of give you this opportunity to clear anything up. We don't salt enough. We want every street salted. Uh, residential streets should all be salted. Everything should be bare pavement. City of Madison doesn't have a bare pavement policy, even though our main thoroughfares are very clean most of the time. So that's one misconception. And besides the environment, it wouldn't be worth it for the environment to take a hit like that every year. I, I, could, I don't know how, how costly it would be to try to salt everything every storm. We wouldn't have the equipment. We don't have the people. It would be almost impossible. But if you look at that, if, if that would be a doubling or a tripling of our overall salt use, we want to be reducing our salt use. Yeah. And the rate we're at right now, we're seeing an increase over an average increase in all of our lakes. And it's showing up in our groundwater. Salt. And salt is. And so we need to reverse those trends. And we aren't there yet. The rates we're at right now are probably, with, if you look at the whole watershed, we're higher than we need to be for our lakes. I will say, if you look at kind of the history of what we've done, in 2013, we were at about 17,000 tons of salt that went out into the city. And then from 2015 to 2018, we averaged about 7,000 tons. So a huge reduction. Yes. A lot of this is the effort that Steve and Steve's crew have put out and the changes they've made. Looking at salt as something to be used as judiciously as possible. I mean, it, the effort, there the, the proof is in the numbers. Sure. You know, every, every engineer loves a good chart. <laughs> this is a good chart. <laughs> and salt doesn't dissipate out of the water. It, it doesn't. How do, you, how do you get rid of it? It's, yeah. it's got to run out. It's got to go someplace. Otherwise, it's going to sit there. It's expensive to remove. Uh, it's, it's not helpful to the environment, aquatic life, our infrastructure as a whole. Um, it impacts so many different things. Uh, any tools people can use as we wrap up? Last question. Any tools or resources other than WisconsinSaltWise.com? I would, I would say from the road perspective, right, there's lots of new equipment and things that we try and, like, you know, different fancy new tools, and everyone wants to sell you something. Steve is great at understanding what works, <laughs> what doesn't. He can sniff out a bad, a bad product in a second. Yep. <laughs> from the homeowner's perspective, right, most of us are not driving a snowplow. Right. Are right. people listening to this? Most of them aren't. You just, you're not that special. But <laughs> at home, <laughs> there's lots of things to do. I think your favorite, my favorite tool for a homeowner is a push broom. Shovel, and when you're done, push broom your sidewalk. Then think if you need to put down salt. A dry, cold storm, you probably don't need to put down any salt at all. A wet one, eh, maybe just that sprinkle, but use your salt-wise cup and follow those directions, and you'll, it won't look like you're putting down enough salt. You're probably doing the right amount. Come back and check in an hour. Mm -hmm. You're probably probably going to be all right. Experiment with it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, both of you, um, for stopping by and talking about salt. If you're listening to this, I imagine you're probably thinking about plowing and salt use a whole lot differently now. It isn't that easy uh, of a job to, to make sure that as a whole we're changing our habit. And I think that that is, at the end of all of this, important to recognize that it is going to take a habitual change. And that is the hardest thing. Making sure you measure, that's not the hard part. 
especially if you're a homeowner. Um, but the habitual change and getting to think of before you salt, what can I do um, from a property owner standpoint? And then just know that all of our crews out there are consciously trying to approach this and do as best as they possibly can with what storms come our way. And on that note, drivers, be safe. Drive slow. Give the plow drivers room. Yes. They're doing a lot of things, right? They're running a giant piece of steel in a huge truck mm -hmm. in snow. You just have your car. Yes. Give them space. Great old takeaway. So we say it every year. Yeah. Slow down, give yourself enough time, and leave early. There you go. Well, thank you again for being here. And anyone listening, if you have any more questions about this, click over to our City of Madison Engineering Facebook page. We'd love to see some posts about this. If you listened, let us know what you think, if you have other questions, because we're here for you as a resource every day in engineering.